Hey there, folks. Welcome to another episode of Griff Talks Football. Man, I feel like I'm about to rack up some debt with the amount of episodes that I probably owe y'all. Uh, I missed the uh, week three uh, deadline, if you will. I was going to post an episode about two games that happened in week three. Uh, and then life got busy. And then here we are, uh, already about to enter week five. Uh but I've been busy as of late. I'm starting a new podcast. Uh, and I will share details of that later once it's official, once we have some episodes recorded. Uh, but uh, it's in uh, this podcast is going to be uh, uh, created by not only myself, but some of my team members involved at. Uh, Autism and Neurodivergency Advocacy Association. Don't know if the podcast will be named that, <laughs> but I, what I what I do know is that not only is it a long name for organization, but an important name for the organization nevertheless. Uh, it's also an organization I've been part of uh, since uh, really, uh, I want to say back in April. Yeah, April of this year alone, and we've made some really good progress. We're still looking for more progress, more things to work on for uh, projects, for ideas that match with our identity as a team, as an organization, with our mission statements, uh, with what, uh, with our values in mind. But really, it's been it's also been uh, a wonderful opportunity and blessing to work with uh, the team. Uh, remember to check out Autism and Neurodivergency Advocacy Association. You can always go to autismndadvocacy.com. That's autismndadvocacy.com. So be sure to check them out. Also follow them on their uh, Instagram page. Uh, Instagram page? Yeah, Instagram. Uh I guess people really say Facebook page with page, but look, that doesn't matter. It's uh, an organization that I'm proud to be part of, but we're not here to talk about uh, the organization I'm I'm part of. We're here to talk about week four, not week three. (laughs) Uh, This game in particular is something I really wanted to talk about and really did not want to miss out on. And that's the Buccaneers versus the Patriots. This happened last Sunday night. And, you can make an argument. It was a game for the ages, the worst game, whatever the case may be. But for me personally, this was an awesome, an awesome game. It's not your stereotypical uh, 24 to 20, 27-20, 34-35 scoreboard. The scoreboard ended up being 19-17 with the Patriots losing. But there was a couple, couple of points uh or a couple of things that happened in that game, that after a game, I feel like these are true, at least in my opinion. And while the Buccaneers did win, the Patriots definitely had an awesome defensive game plan. And offensively, still things that need to be worked on. But I will argue later in this episode that Mac Jones is by far the best player offensively for their team. Maybe not the best athlete, but definitely the best player. And not just because he plays the quarterback position, although 
that's a huge uh, uh, role for a team, especially for an offense. It makes a huge impact for an offense. But I'll explain why later in this episode. But let's 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 get into uh, the first takeaway. So the first takeaway in that Buccaneers Patriots game is that Bill Belichick can coach. I know the team is one in three right now, going to Houston, looking for their second win, and then planning on competing against the Dallas Cowboys the following week at home, their home stadium, looking for their first win at home. The Patriots. They are 0-3, and all the games they lost were at home. And their one game they won was against the Jets at their stadium, so an away game. And while you are what your record is, being 1-3, uh, it's, it's still a long season ahead, but you have to realize that each opponent that Bill Belichick has had a coach against has really been self-inflicting penalties as well as turnovers that ultimately is what cost the Patriots to lose those games, except for the Saints game, where in Week 3, the Patriots play the Saints, and it's Saints won by two possessions. Even though the Patriots had outgained them in yards, had more time of possession, it was the turnovers as well as a pick six that ended up you know, screwing the Patriots in the end. And it wasn't a bad throw by Matt Jones. John Noon Smith had five drops, and one of those drops he had ended up going to Malcolm Jenkins' hands for a pick six. So a lot of these losses that happened were some penalties as well as turnovers, and that was evident uh, in the Buccaneers game. Patriots turned the ball, turned over the ball twice, couldn't really learn the ball, had some penalties, but the Buccaneers had more penalties than they did and still lost the game. Now, you may ask yourself, Griff, you mentioned about penalties and turnovers, how is this reflective on Bill Belichick and coach, or how is he a good coach? Well, he's literally taking every opponent's best player and at least mitigated them, right? Or at least held them to less than what they scored. He's also being able to at least create pressures um, and make life difficult for quarterbacks. We saw that with Zach Wilson a couple weeks back where he threw four interceptions. Uh, really, the week one, the Patriots should have won that game and beating the Dolphins had they not turned over the ball. And with the Saints game, they, again, outgained them, right? The Saints weren't making really any first downs. They were, I mean, the Patriots were creating pressure, sacking Jameis Winston. It's just one big pass play that ended up going for a touchdown, another passing touchdown, and then a pick six. And then later in the fourth quarter, just struggled tackling which ended up being another touchdown for the Saints. And you could see in this scenario, uh, or in these in this game, Tom Brady definitely had one of the worst career games, at least as a Buccaneer. While it was a monsoon game at Patriots, it was a lot of rain involved. Uh, Bill Belichick in the defense still gave Tom Brady fits, right? Tom Brady barely completed over 50% of his passes, he didn't have a touchdown pass. I mean, he didn't throw an interception either, and he was sacked several times. And the difference in that game was the personnel. Buccaneers are far better players offensively than what the Patriots have offensively. And the Buccaneers were at least able to run the ball. And the Patriots couldn't really tackle Leonard Fournette. 
So I still think that given, even though the Patriots are one and three, Bill Belichick can still coach and coach well because he's mitigated nearly each player uh, on offense of the opposing team, right? Alvin Kamara in week three didn't have a great game, but it was some self-inflicted penalties and mistakes by the Patriots. So I imagine that Bill Belichick going against this Houston Texans team and then the following week going against the Cowboys, I imagine that he's really putting an emphasis on limiting the turnovers, limiting penalties. Otherwise, the Patriots, you can make an argument, could it be 3-1 or 4-0. and But throughout, throughout the game, you know, Bill Belichick will mix the coverages. He's gone man-to-man. He slowed down the receivers. While Mike Evans and Chris Godwin both had like five-plus catches, they didn't have a touchdown and didn't have over 100 yards receiving. And to have that defensive game plan go pretty well against the Buccaneers' offensive personnel is really impressive. That with the rain involved, and even though, again, they struggled tackling Leonard Fournette and, slow, and to slow down that run game, still made that game close and competitive enough to where they could still won that game. Ended up missing a 56-yard field goal, which gave the Buccaneers the win. Which, again, Bill Belichick and coach, the run game for the Buccaneers is what ultimately made the difference and what ultimately kind of helped them get that W. But for Mac Jones, he outplayed Brady statistically and is the best offensive player on that team. What's going terrible for the Pats offensively is their lack of big plays, right? You can, when you penalize yourself, or when you commit penalties, and when you turn over the ball, if you don't have explosive plays offensively, that really does help contribute to you losing the game. And the Patriots are, I mean, they're bottom of the league in terms of 20-plus yard plays, both running and passing. They don't have a big, they, they haven't yet created big plays. And it's not like they don't have speedy receivers. Nelson Aguilar is by far one of the fastest receivers on the team. Jonathan Smith is really a miss, uh, a should be a mismatch nightmare for linebackers and defensive backs for his size and speed, athleticism, route running, and yet he hasn't had a good season. And that should be the same thing for Hunter Henry, even though he's coming off a knee injury last year. He's been a productive tight end for the Chargers over the past couple of years, and, and so far that hasn't been the case uh, this season with the Patriots. And their second-best offensive player is Jacoby Myers, and he's an undrafted free agent out of NC State. And while he's had a bunch of catches, it's been underneath, short, medium route, not so much of a large or deep threat uh, or, you know, hasn't had a 20-plus yard reception, really. It's been, again, underneath and short. And while they just got Nikhil Harry back from the from IR injury reserve, right? He still has to get acclimated with the offense and with Mac Jones. But Mac Jones went 31 out of 40 for 250 plus yards and two touchdowns. And while he threw a pick, he still had a hundred QB rating. Brady had 79.5. And Jones 
outplay Brady statistically, especially in the rain. Right, again, 31 out of 40, about 80, uh, 77%. Um, and yet, didn't have one big play. Well, Brady had about two or three of those 20-plus yarders because he's got Chris Godwin and Mike Evans to throw to. Mac Jones does not. He's got Nelson Aguilar, who's a speedy receiver, and yet they can't seem to connect on the deep passes. Jonathan Smith and Hunter Henry have been uh, underwhelming. Jacoby Myers has been playing like their best receiver, but he shouldn't be based on the speed, based on the size. right? He shouldn't be your number one go-to receiver. And Kendrick Bourne has been inconsistent, and he's been their second fastest receiver on the team. Right, he had like two big in in uh, in routes against Richard Sherman in the cover three coverage that uh, the Buccaneers were using on second and eighteen and second and twenty, and he got like sixteen and eighteen yards out of those plays. But other than that, he hasn't had really any production. So I do feel like the Patriots do have some offensive weapons. They just need to be able to create big plays. I feel like Bill Belichick can still coach. He's had a good defensive game plan against the Buccaneers and their personnel, but it's been self-inflicting penalties, self-inflicting turnovers, and making terrible mistakes in crucial moments. I mean, that's what kind of defines you as a coach is being able to have your team you know, commit less of those penalties, not turn over the ball, and making key stops or key plays in key situations uh, to help your team not be one and three, to be three and one or four and or four and zero. Oh. So I do feel as though uh, that at least this week they'll most likely get a win because Houston is winless and they don't have the same personnel that matches with New England. But that Dallas game next week is going to be key. Dallas has some nice receivers. You can make an argument they have a better receiving core compared to the Buccaneers, but the Patriots defense has the secondary to compete with those receivers. It's the lack of offensive explosion. Your defense can only play so well that if you don't have explosive plays on offense, you really put your defense in bind to have to play perfect. So each penalty that's made feels like a, a huge defeat, a huge momentum swing. Each turnover committed by the offense feels like a huge momentum swing, and it feels like the defense has put everything on their shoulders. So if the Patriots can find a way to create massive offensive explosive plays, they'll be able to compete with a team like Dallas. They'll be able to compete a team with the Buffalo Bills. They'd be able to compete with a team like the Cleveland Browns, who they play later on this year on their schedule. So that's it for my thoughts and takeaways from this game. Otherwise, it was a fantastic game. Glad it was on Sunday Night Football. I uh, was able to, to really have a good time watching it, and I'm glad you all are listening to this episode. Uh, thanks again. I'll see if I'll be back next week if I'm not too busy. Uh, again, check out. Uh, Autism ND Advocacy's website or AutismNDAdvocacy.com. Check out their Instagram page, follow their social media, um, and I'll certainly keep y'all updated with that other podcast soon. Otherwise, take care, fellas, 
and uh, see y'all soon.